Here was one who was previously called a eunuch who could produce nothing, going after he encounters God, after he encounters the real Jesus, after he encounters the God that loved him so much that he sent somebody named Philip to a desert place, to a dry and desert place, at the right time, with the right words. Amen. And guess what they got? The right results. Glory to God. And he goes on. And he goes on to start the Ethiopian church. And guess what? People began to be produced after his own kind. People began to be produced after the Jesus that was in him. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. I don't, I don't know about you, but I want my life to reflect Jesus. I want people, when they see me, say, you know what? There's something different about you. And me, me be able to say, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Amen. And it's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You don't, have to ha you don't have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven, but it makes the ride so much more fun. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so we're going to, because when you're at the right place at the right time, you will see the miracle working power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want you to lay your hand on your heart. The first thing I want to ask you is, any, is there anyone here need to know my sweet, sweet Jesus? Anyone in here need to know my sweet, sweet Jesus? I'd love to introduce you to him. He is the most amazing thing. Oh, my God, I have loved him since I have been a wee one. Hallelujah. I have loved the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind, and all my soul for all the days of my life. There was never a time in my life where I didn't know that I, that I didn't love Jesus. I've loved him always. And I used to tell the Lord, you know, God, I don't have a testimony. I don't really have a testimony. I'd like, you know, I danced on ballroom tables or I slept with multiple men or I had a drug problem. I tell you, I had a drug problem. My mother drug me to church. That was my drug problem. <laughs> so you mamas and you daddies that are dragging your kids to church and they're kicking, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. We didn't, you don't, sorry, you don't, have an, you don't have an option. You got to go, hallelujah. And what your parents are putting in you now, what your parents are, what you're sitting here thinking, God, I just want to go, I want to go do my thing. What you're sitting here getting deposited in you now will be the very thing that will turn your life on a dime, young man, because you are called into the ministry. You are called to preach the gospel. You are anointed by God to open that mouth and preach the gospel. You're thinking, that is the last thing I want to hear. My life is just beginning. I've just graduated. I'm ready to go on and really start living my life. But I'm going to tell you what, you're never going to get to live that life apart from God. God has anointed you and God has called you. God is filling you with the Holy Ghost and fire and he's going to cause fire to come out of your mouth. Fire is going to be so shut up in your bones, you're not going to be able to do anything but open your mouth and preach the gospel. You are not going to be, I'm telling you, but I don't want to be a preacher. And God says to tell you, you know what, you can go and be whatever it is you want to be. You want to be a lawyer, go be a lawyer, but be a godly lawyer. Be someone who's going to fight and champion the causes of those who don't have anyone who will stand up and fight for them or give them a voice. Be the one that will rise up and be a man of God and be a man of integrity and be a man of character and say what you mean and mean what you say. Let your word count for something. See, I'm about to come over this chair, right? I got my... See, when I point this finger, my kids know I mean business. I'm telling you, young man, I'm telling you it's on you. And whether you believe it or not, I just want you to, and you're not, when you're laying on your bed, just say, God, I want you to show yourself to me in every real way that you want to. I want you to begin to have those encounters with God. Where literally he captures your heart. And all you can do is stay awake all night long and pray 
and talk to him because he's downloading such revelation into you. My God, what wouldn't I give to be part of your generation? The generation that's literally going to see the billion soul come into the kingdom of God. The generation that's going to see the return of Jesus Christ. That's going to see God in all of his glory. Take this earth from one sea to shining sea and one border to border. To come and literally set the world on fire. The world looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket. But that's only because gross darkness has covered, darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness of people the light of God is shining upon you and if you will yield your heart fully to the Lord he will use you it's going to blow your mind he's going to put you places that you can't even begin to imagine that God is going to do with you I mean young man you have got such a, your future so bright you're going to have to wear shades and it will be the most fun you've ever had in your life it's going to be the most fun you're like woman stop pointing at me and stop looking at me you're embarrassing me you're a, don't, don't be going there with me. And young lady, I don't know who you are, but you're a beautiful young lady. I see you being the mother of many, and I'm not saying you're going to have a bunch of kids, because I'd slap somebody if they said that to me. I had two kids. I call them Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. And I cried the entire nine months I was pregnant with the, with the Omega, the end. I cried. I so didn't want any more children. Oh, my God, I so didn't want any more children. But God had other plans for me, right? And But I see you being the mother of many. I see God giving you the heart of a mother. I see God giving you the heart to rise up and love on the broken and the hurting. I see God putting an anointing upon your life that when you go to lay hands on them, there will literally be a transfer of the anointing and God will heal many broken places of their hearts. And God says many of the places and issues that you yourself have struggled with, God will anoint you in those areas to help other young women get set free, to help other When God says, don't take it lightly when I tell you to go up and hug that child or I tell you to go and just lay your hand ever so lovingly upon his head. Because God said, I will release an anointing and a transference of an anointing through you that will literally set captives free. I hate to give you this news, but the fact of the matter is, is your life is not your own. You will go where God says to go, and you will both do what God says to do. Because if you don't, it'll, you're just like me. I'm like, God, I, God had to drag me kicking and screaming into this place. But when I finally yielded myself to him, because, I, because I, God spoke to me, I had a, a, literally an out-of-body experience where he pulled me up by the hair of my head. He set me before the throne of God. I told these ladies this story last night. I said, I'm arguing with God, and God's saying, I've called you to preach and go to the nations. I've called you to prophesy, and I'm like, God, I don't want to do that. I'm a woman, and I, where I was raised, women don't do that kind of thing. Well, I beg to differ now because I'm telling you, I'm a woman full of a he holy ghost. And I, I, I mean, I literally dare anyone to tell me that as a woman, I can't preach. I'm telling you. Because I, I, it burns in my bones to do it. And so God filled me with a He Holy Ghost, right? Now I go everywhere and I do whatever He says to do. And I'm telling you, God's going to shut that thing so, so, so shut up in your bones. And I was standing before the Lord and the God said to me, He said, Susan, this is what you did with your life. And it was good stuff. It was God's stuff. It was stuff that was got teaching Bible school and it was helping take meals to people and going to visit people that were sick and praying for people. It was all good stuff. 
And then God spoke to me the words that I never want to hear him say to me. He said, but Susan, this is what I wanted you to do with your life. And it was going to the nations. It was prophesying. It was preaching. It was laying hands on people, seeing the dead raised and blind eyes open. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are oppressed and captive, to, to open blind eyes, right? God has anointed me to do that. And he has sent me to preach the acceptable and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, that everywhere I go, I would release the spirit of the living God that is on the inside of me. And that is what God is going to do with you, and that's what God is going to do with you. It is an assignment upon your life. God has anointed both of you to go forth and do things for him that only you two have always been, been called to do. I know you're thinking, woman, get out of my face and go on. I don't want to hear any of this. I'm a teenager. I'm a young person. I can do that when I'm old. And I'm telling you, there is no time to wait until you're old. You can do what your life is planned to do. You want to go to law school, whatever you want to do. I don't know what it is you want to do. But whatever it is you want to do, you go and do that. But you be a godly man doing it. And you ask God to send to you the one he's got for you. Amen. Don't fall for every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes along and tells you, oh, you're pretty. They're all going to tell you that, little girl. They're all going to tell you that. But you wait till you see the one who takes your breath away. I love to say that the two men that I love most in my life both took my breath away when I met them. When I met Jesus at five, he took my breath away. And when I met him at 17, he took my breath away. And he still takes my breath away to this day. And I have a marriage of heaven on earth because I waited for the right one. Amen? And don't give it away just to anybody. Because little boys are going to say anything they can do to get, in, get there. But don't fall for that mess. You are worth something. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are worth something. You are worth more than a sweet word. He wants it. He's got to put a ring on it, baby. Okay. I'm going to move this way. I'm, I'm not sorry. But you're going to hear my words. You're going to hear my words. When those emotions and those feelings overtake you, you're going to wait, wait a minute. I'm worth something. This body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And yours is too, by the way. And he's like, oh, don't go there, woman. But let me tell you something. We have literally taken, and I'm going to say it, so brace yourselves, Becky. We have literally taken sex out of where sex needs to be. Because the world made it dirty, we can't talk about it anymore in the house of God. I said sex one time from a pulpit, and this old man sitting in my front row went, <gasps> and he grabbed his heart like he was fixing to have the big one, Elizabeth. For those of you that know, no, no, y'all know what I'm talking about. He grabbed his chest like, <gasps> and I said, sir, did me saying the word sex offend you? And he looked at me and went, <gasps> and I said, well, this is really going to get you. I put my hand on my hip, and I said, sex, 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 sex. Sex. Because guess what, men and women of God? God created it. <gasps> Shock and awe. You mean to tell me the world didn't create sex? No, God did. Guess what? And he made your part to go together so that you could have sex. So you could have it. And he made it feel good. 
but the world took it and perverted it so that we can't talk about it anymore from the pulpit because we consider it a dirty word. And we say it offends us and it offends our sensibilities. And I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just trying to tell you I think that's probably my platform because everywhere I go, I preach that. Because that's why now it's perfectly acceptable for Tommy to be taught in school that he's got two mommies and he's got two daddies. And they call that a marriage. It is not the definition of marriage. It is one man and one woman coming together and being one with one another. That's what it is. And God wants it to be beautiful. He wants it to be wonderful. He wants it to rock your mind every time you come together to have it. Because He created it. And you know what I think? I, that's what I tell women, so I'm going to tell you guys too. Y'all going to like, yeah, baby, let's do this. The sexiest thing about a man, the sexiest thing about a man is when he'll grab your hand where you're laying in bed and say, baby, let's pray. Oh, shandarabako. Let's pray. And can I tell you that when you come together as husband and wife, and it should only be as husband and wife, when you come together, it's the highest form of worship unto God because it is the renewing of the covenant that you made one with another. So when he grabs your hand and says, baby, let's pray, you say, yes, let's pray. Because after we finish praying, we're going to worship. Amen. Hey, woohoo! All the guys are going, yeah, we love worship. Because it is the highest form of worship. Now, Pastor Richard might not ever ask me to come back here again. But I'm telling you, I'm tired of the devil taking what God created it, perverting it, and making it nasty. When God created it, where would you rather your sons and daughters learn about sex? On the street in their schools? By someone who has no more of the God than a man on the moon or by your pastor who's anointed and full of the Holy Ghost teaching them about what true a covenant means and what true sexual relationships mean. Amen. I'm going to tell you, that's who I, my children, I'm going to tell you what my children used to tell their daddy and I, y'all need to get a room. And I'm telling you if, you, if your children aren't saying that to you, you're not doing it right. I'm telling you, your children need to look at you and go, oh my God, y'all are disgusting. <laughs> and why should your children look at you and say, oh my God, you're disgusting? Because you, daddy, are showing your sons how to treat that woman. And you, mothers, are showing your daughters what to expect in a husband and how he is to be treating you. That's what you're showing your sons and daughters. Can I tell you that my daughter was 27 years old when she finally decided she wanted to get married? And she always said, you know, I said, baby, do you want to get married? And she said, mama, she said, I don't, wanna, I don't want any man to play with my emotions. And so when it's time for me to get married, I want God to begin to give me that. I want God to begin to, begin to give me an interest in being married. And I'm not going to worry about it until that time. And so 27 years roll around. We've been graduated from A&M with two degrees, and we thought she was going to be a professional student forever. And she graduates, and she says, you know, now, Mama, I don't really believe in that love at first sight thing. And I was like, well, baby girl, you do what you do. You, I'm, I'm good with that. Y'all thought I was ended. I'm sorry. So she says she pulls up to an A&M 
get-together that they're having, and she sees this man get out of this car, and he's walking across the parking lot, and she went, that's the man I'm going to marry. And guess what? That man is my son-in-love, Scott. And Abby says, you know, Mama, she said, I waited until God sent me the one that I knew was going to treat me like my daddy treats my mother. That I knew, y'all get that? That I knew was going to treat me like my daddy treats my mother. Amen? And when I met Scott for the first time, I told him, I said, Scott, I said, I need to tell you something. All Abby, all, Ab, all ever, Abby Elizabeth has ever known is her daddy treating me like a queen and treating her like a princess. And if you ever hurt my baby girl, I will kill you, tell God you, got it, God you died, and I have no problem whatsoever going to prison over you for the rest of my life. And, I, and he said, he told Abby, he said, your mother is dramatic. And he said, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> my son was 35 years old when he married for the first time. He married a little girl just this past October that is the love of his life. And he told me one time, he said, you know, Mom, I can't wait to be a husband, and I can't wait to be a father. And he told me this when he was 15 years old, and I'm thinking, whoa, back up, baby. And I said, well, tell me, baby, why can't you wait to be a husband and you can't wait to be a father? And he made this declaration. And he said, because I had the most wonderful example in my father of how to be a good husband and how to be a good daddy. And I can't wait to go and be that to my own. So men, I'm telling you, your children are watching you. Wives, your children, your girls are watching you. Your, your sons are watching you and they're learning how to treat their wife. And your daughters are watching you and they're watching what to expect and how a man should treat them. Amen, they're learning. And so it's not too late, husbands, to rise up and begin to be the men of God in your household. You are raising a future generation of kings and priests and prophetesses. You are raising a future generation that's going to go and change the course of this world for the kingdom. And God's anointed you to do it. Amen. I know it's hard when you have littles. I know it's hard. But you know the most important relationship, besides the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, will be the relationship you have with each other. I know how, I know, my hands are freezing. I know how important, I know what the world says, that you have to do everything's got to be about your kids. The kids have always got to go first. That is so ungodly on every level. The first relationship that you have responsibility to is your relationship to Jesus Christ. And then the second relationship that you have a responsibility to is to him and you have it to her. And that's the most important. My sister Kathy used to tell me all the time, she said, you and Charlie Mack go all the time. 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 Y'all going away for the weekend. Y'all going away for the weekend. Y'all spending time alone with each other. And, you know, that's why I told her, I said, because you know what, I I understand that when when these littles are 18, they're going to leave my house and they're going to start their own lives. And then I'm going to be left with this one that I don't want to think, oh, my God, who are you? I don't know who you are. You're the man sleeping in my bed wanting to have sex with me. And I don't know who you are because I never took the time when my littles were growing up to invest in us. I can tell you us is the most important relationship besides the relationship you will have with Jesus Christ. That's why after 38 years of being married to this man, we still, he still takes my breath away and he still curls my toes. And guess what? We're still having sex and we're having lots of it. 
Yeah. Like it's good. Still really, really good. Why? Because I invested in that. This is the relationship. I understand the world say, oh, put everything about your kids, everything about your kids. I'm sorry. The reason I had kids is I needed someone to wash dishes. And that's what I told them. I know y'all think, my God. And now, let me tell you how important, let me tell you our children were. I mean, we love our kids, don't get me wrong. But my daughter threw down this thing and said, you know, Daddy and Mom, we're not going to have kids. Scott and I don't want any children. My husband looked at her and he said, Abby, he said, if your mother and I would have discovered miniature schnauzers before you were born, you'd have never been born. And I was like, high five on that, my brother. I know that most, that's not the normal way most people think about their children. But it is the way we thought about them. We love you. We gave life to you. But you're not the most important thing in my life. I love you, and I'm going to train you in the fear and admonition of the Lord. But understand this, that the first and foremost love of my life is Jesus Christ. I love him best. I love him more. And I will always love him best. And I will always love him more than, yes, even you. And the second love of my life is your father. And I will always love him more than I love you. You will never take a place in my life where you come before your father to me. My Abba father or your daddy father. You will never. And I'm telling you, people, men and women of God, y'all need to go do some adjusting in your lives and get some things readjusted. And women, you need to begin to honor your husband. You need to begin to honor him. I, Pastor, I hope I have freedom to go here and do all this. I was supposed to close. But I'm fixing to give y'all some revelation that's going to rock your world. Wives, honor your husband. Honor them. You know, wives want to feel loved. They want to feel cared for like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. They want to feel that. But wives, your husbands need to be honored. That when you go to make your plates, you make his first. You always put him as a priority. If your husband's love language is quality time, you tell the kids when he comes home from work, I'm putting this casserole in the oven, and when your daddy walks in, we're going to go into our bedroom and we're going to have some quality time. And I'm going to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with your daddy. And I'm going to let your daddy know that he's the first place in my life besides Jesus. And begin to do whatever it is you know to do to put him in that place and reestablish him as the head of your household. I can tell you it's worked for us for 38 years. Glorious years. Because you can either have a marriage of heaven on earth or hell on earth. And the choice is absolutely absolutely yours and then you say well I didn't marry the perfect will of God for my life can I tell you this revelation the minute you said I do he became God's perfect will for your life that's it that's it he became God's will when you said I do he became God's will for your life begin to ask God God say what can I do to make this man feel special important and loved what can I do to make him feel honored how can I change my attitude, shift my way of thinking? God, help me. Be the wife you've called me to be for him. Help me to make him have a place where he feels honored because that's what it's about. Wives, honor your husbands. That's what the word says, right? And husbands, love your wives as who? As Christ loved the church and give yourself to her. Amen? All right, so that's it. Anyone in here want to know my sweet, sweet Jesus? I'm really going to have this closing now. Anyone in here? All right. I want you to put your hand on your heart. 
And I'm going to decree and declare over you that, Father, in the name of Jesus, you are going to give these men and women a heart of obedience to you. See, she didn't tell him one hand to put over his heart. I love it. <laughs> Father, I thank you. You're going to give these men and women of God hearts after you. I thank you, Father God, you're going to put them in the right place at the right time. And you're going to fill their mouths with the right words. And they will see the miracle working power of God. I thank you, Father God. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, there's going to be some of you that I'm going to tell you to go lay hands on that certain person. And the Father says, your only responsibility is to go and lay hands on them. The miracle working part, raising them up, is going to be my part. Our part is obedience to what God says to do. And God says, you be obedient to me. Go and do what I tell you to do, and I will work a miracle for you. And you will see the miracle working power of God. Father, I thank you that above all else, you are giving these men and women of God obedient hearts. You are giving them obedient hearts to follow hard after you and do, Father God, what you've said. When you say it, to be quick to obey. And Father, I thank you that as they do, they will see the miraculous breakout in every area of their lives. You'll see the miraculous break out over your finances. You'll see the miraculous go through your hands. You will literally see the very miraculous happen before your eyes, says the Spirit of the Lord, as you begin to obey and do what it is I've told you to do. Now, Father, because I can bless these men and women of God, I bless them because I can bless you by none greater. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God that I serve. I bless you to have marriages that are heaven on earth. I bless you to love your husbands, honor them. And husbands, I bless you to love your wife and give yourself to them as Christ gave himself to the church. Father, I thank you that you bless their marriages and you make them stronger than they've ever been. And Lord, that they get to where they're worshiping all the time, Father, and it's always going to be good. Amen. Father, I bless these. I bless those. I bless these young people, Father God, to fulfill all the call, the purpose, and the will of God upon your life. I cancel every assignment of the enemy against your life. And I decree and declare that each one of you in this place shall live at all the numbers of your days. And not one day will be shortened. I thank you that you will live to see the dead raised, the blind eyes open. And you will witness the miracle working power of God. And Father, for every prodigal son and daughter of every mother and father represented here. I decree and declare that your prodigal son and daughter who's living right now in their pig pen will come to themselves and they will begin to say, was it not better at my father's house? And they will turn and run back to the father's arms. And Father, I thank you that you will restore these prodigal sons and daughters into right relationship with you. Father, I thank you that you will cause them to be the first fruits of this billion soul outpouring that, you're, that you are right now even beginning to start. Because I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, do you honestly think that I would not save your children if I was going to save a billion souls for the kingdom and that I would not save your children first? Do you honestly think, says the Father, that I have not gone before you to make all crooked places straight where your child is concerned? Do you not think that I've heard the cries concerning these prodigal ones? Do you not think I've heard the cries of your heart concerning these children that you so passionately love and want to love me? God said, I've seen every tear and I've heard every cry and I am reaching my hand out even now, says the Spirit of the Lord, to capture their hearts, to bring them back into fellowship with me. My hand is heavy upon them and God says, I'm giving them dreams 
and I'm giving them encounters with me. And they will know me as their God and as their Savior, says the Spirit of the Lord. For I will stir in their hearts and I will cause them to come. And they shall be the first fruits, the first fruits of this billion souled outpouring. Mothers and fathers, your labor has not been in vain, the Spirit of God says. It has not been in vain. God says, I've heard your prayers. And I will answer. And God says, I will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can think or ask. Says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Men and women of God, I love you. I bless you. Thank you for putting up with me this time. Thank you, Pastor. I had a wonderful time. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I just got two things that I need to I need to do before we leave, and one of them is not the offering, but we need to do that too. Before I do the offering, I just got to ask you a question. Do you really believe what a person like this says? Right? Do you really believe it? Amen. Let, let, okay, so some of us, we, we, need a, we need a confirmation on things. Let me confirm two things for you. It just happened today. I was speaking to somebody earlier today, and, and they were telling me that, you know, they've been sensing some, some issues in the marriage. Just the other day, me and my wife had to sit down and have a long conversation with the stresses that have been going on in our marriage. A very long conversation. And I'm listening, and I said, man, I said, at the end of service, I told him, Jonathan, did I, did I tell you that? That we need to pray for the marriages. I told him that today in the service, that we need to pray for the marriages. And she sits here and speaks to us about marriage. Let me show you one more, and this is going to really get you. About 7.30 this morning, 7.45, we got, you know, we got here, and I was just playing around on the piano a little bit. And I, I went to my Dropbox, and I pulled out an old song. Awake, awake, oh sleeper, arise, shine, your light has come. That's the scripture. Awake, awake, oh sleeper, the glory of the Lord upon you. scripture she read that's an older song from Kalani Glockler I pulled out about 7:30 this morning and the worship team came up while I was playing it correct so you want confirmation of the of the words that she's released today I just gave you two of them confirming them so here in a moment we're gonna bless her but we're gonna sow into the ministry and the work that God is doing and so when you do that I want you to claim something on that seed. I want you to claim something, right? Because she also shared with us the story of sowing seeds for debt-free. So we've already confirmed the words that, that our sister has been sharing. <laughs> so we're doing this in faith today. I'm doing it, right? We need, we need to sow a seed today in faith for debt-free. That's what I'm sowing into. 
So our ushers are going to get ready. If you're making a check, make it out to New Life. Give cash. You can go on the app or the giving, whichever one you want to use, and just put special guest. And I want us to pray, and whatever the need is that you're speaking, I can't wait to hear the testimonies. I can't wait. We've, we've got some new cards out there on the back that say praise. Pull that up and write your praise report and then give it to us so we can start sharing them. Amen. So we're going to pray and then we're going to sow. Amen. Father, we thank you for what you have done in this place. God, we thank you for what you have poured out and deposited in us today, God. And Lord, right now we want to be obedient to your word and we want to be obedient also to the words that our sister has spoken and that have been confirmed. Lord, that we can sow into your kingdom, and we know we will have a return. So, Lord, we sow these seeds right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and according to your word, Lord, we know that they will go to meet any need that she has, and they will go around the world to reach the lost and to help disciple those that are in need of discipling. But, Lord, we also have needs as well, so we sow these seeds today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If that's what you want to, I want you to say amen. 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 Hallelujah. They're going to come and they're going to they're going to uh, serve us. So listen, we're going to we go to Bentley at four o'clock on Sundays. We take the bus. So if you want to go to Bentley with us to the service, we're generally back by about nine thirty ish. It depends on if we stop at Whataburger and eat or one of those. We have a Whataburger right up the road. And, and yeah, she likes Whataburger. Well. I know she likes Whataburger. That's why I said it. But, uh, yeah, so if you want to be here, come. We're here 345-ish or so, but at 4 o'clock, the bus rolls. 4 o'clock, the bus rolls. And if you're here at 401 pulling in, we're going to wave at you. Now, if you want to carpool and drive your own vehicle, that's fine, too. You can follow us. But, hey, be here at 4 o'clock because she's going to be ministering again up in Bentley tonight. And we're going to have – so she's got a fresh word for Bentley. Amen. So, listen, we love you. Thank you, sister. Thank you for coming and, and, and releasing those words to us. Honestly, the hardest part I had when you got into some of that was trying to keep my rhythm of what I was doing and not laughing. Uh, but there are things that we need to hear. Amen. They really are. And uh, so, listen, we love you guys. Uh, but, hey, don't forget your children. Um, they can't go home with me. <laughs> I love them, but they got to go home with you. They can't go home with me. Hallelujah. So, yeah, we love you guys. Hey, I'll see you Wednesday unless I see you tonight. Amen. God bless.